the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halabi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategy strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about Welcome to the show. I'm Eric Halley. Pleasure to have you. Total Financial Hour, your place for news, talk, and information. This is AM870, The Answer. Every day we talk about, or every day we get together, we talk about your family's finances, of course, getting out of uh, debt, managing money. And that's really our goal is to kind of build a plan, build a financial strategy for you. For a lot of people, they don't really seem to have uh, a strategy, right? Their strategy is just to go to work, you know, put their head down and see what happens and 25 years, 35 years, wake up and go, oh, surprise, did I end up having a pension or not? I'm kind of surprised if I did or didn't. So they really end up as folks that aren't doing any planning because what, what took place originally as a country is we were always self-reliant. In other words, your job was to take care of you and your family. Then it was your neighbor, and then it was uh, the rest of the people in your town and your village, then your state. In there, depending on your faith, your congregation, you would take care of each other. Somebody's barn burned down, you would build a new one. Nobody waited for the government to come on out. Nobody waited for uh, the, the system to change and say, well, one day when those regulators, those government workers get here, we'll get a permit. We're going to do some you know, planning, architectural plan. Oh, and then we'll start building two and a half years from now. But meanwhile, the government will pay me to just exist. Right? That's the way it it, it is now. It's not the way it was. Today, you ask somebody who's fully has both use of their limbs and their their sight and their their hearing and and everything, and you look at them and you say, "All right, let's talk about this. Uh, why are you still sitting at home? Why why are you a grown man?" Right. Recent uh, survey came out: seven million men of working age are unemployed. Many many are on purpose because they're getting free government stuff or they're living in their parents' basement. Seven million. That ought to scare the daylights out of you. Whenever those numbers get anywhere close to that, China always does some sort of regulatory crackdown. They create the you know the Uyghur camps where they put the the men, the Muslim men from the east. Uh, sorry, I guess it would be the west, the western part of China, and, and puts them in camps because what they don't want is a bunch of young testosterone-filled men going out there and creating problems. You see, China has a unique thing, and that is you can't really get married because they're just aren't a lot of women, right? Remember back in the day, they've changed it recently, but these are babies. You have to wait a while before somebody's 20, 25 years old to get married. 
So you have to go back 20, 25 years, see what the policy was. Well, here's the policy. You could only have one son or one child, rather, and you'd have a boy. So there were countless orphanages where women would have babies. They would sneak those babies if they were women, and they would either cause them to be stillborn. I know this is gross. I'm sorry. Or they would give them up to an orphanage. That's why the United States has a lot of Chinese, uh, I guess, what would be the right word, ethnically Chinese, but fully American, because they were adopted here by American families that couldn't have children or that wanted to have another one because they were coming from these towns and villages where they wanted one child and they wanted that child to be a boy. Otherwise, the family name never went on. And you realize when you only have one child, you start to lose the names and the meanings of words like cousin and uncle and aunt. You don't have that because there's only one child. So you lose those meanings and you lose a part of culture. Well, China cares about losing workforce. So they said, oh, now you can have a second one. But today, the men and women in China that are of the, seven, uh, of the 20 to 40-year-old age bracket, whenever there are single men, and there are, it scares the daylights out of any country. Right? Look what happened to Iraq when young men stayed home and they didn't go to work. Right? Then you had the problems that the United States had with Iraq. Uh, take a look at Afghanistan. You can go on and on across the country, across the world. Whenever young men of working age, that much, much testosterone, there's a problem. So what does the United States do? Now that we have 7 million men full of testosterone, what do we do? Well, we convince them that sitting on the Internet all day long and whatever they're doing, you can fill in the blanks, is an okay thing to do. We, we convince them that living with their parents who might have done well financially enough to have an extra bedroom... And in fact, I guess a, a full refrigerator, we convince them that that's the good idea, that, that that's okay. You can stay at home, stay with your parents. We know you're trying, right? If you are looking for a job, your job is to look for a job. I'm not trying to be cute. If you don't have a job, your job is to find a job. That means you wake up, you get out of the house at eight o'clock in the morning, you shave or clean up, whatever you do, put on a clean shirt and a tie. You don't have to wear a suit coat unless you're working in an office area. And then you go and you walk around and you meet people. You go to where these people sit for lunch and you talk to them at lunch. You try to get a job by walking in the door. Eric, every time I do, they say, apply online. Great, you apply online. That's 15 minutes later. But you get out of the house. Your job when you don't have a job is to get dressed, take a shower, get out of the house, pack a lunch, pack a lunch. But you go where these people sit and you have lunch there. Maybe you go inside the restaurant and you buy a soda. Right? That's okay. It's a couple dollars. You buy a soda and you sit there and you eat lunch and you ask them and you talk to them and you say, how did you get hired? Right? If you don't do something, then you will be a vegetable. And you understand that that's a problem because nobody's going to want to marry you. Nobody's going to want to be with you. Nobody wants their kids to grow up and be like you. So you have to get out and create something. You see, it used to be that if you didn't, you didn't eat. You were that, you were the Johnson boy, that, that guy right there down the street. Yeah, that family. They have a son who's a slug, who's a lazy bum, who won't go out in the fields or the farm or the factory, won't work. That's how you were branded back then. Now we feel sorry for you and we blame whatever thing you had nothing to do with, right? Your race, religion, your, your, your height, your, your, you have something to do with your weight. So you should know better. But we blame that. And we say, oh, see, it's not you. It's because you're you know, Asian or black or tall or Hispanic. Yep. We don't blame the fact that you're not getting up off your butt and going to work. There's a lot of jobs out there. You hear reports, all the delays uh, th this Christmas, right? And by the way, Merry Christmas. I, I didn't say that. 
this bothers me so much because I see people not producing. So it, it bothers me. And so what do you have this Christmas? You have pilots, a pilot shortage, right? Pilots are making $400,000 a year. Uh, did, did you see that? Did you hear, hear English there? Even after taxes, you're putting five, seven, eight thousand dollars a week in your pocket. Oh, air of being a pilot is difficult. Of course it is. That's why it's not forty thousand dollars a year. It's four hundred, three hundred. How? Well, simple. You got to go to school. You have to be reasonably smart with math. Oh, you're not. Go take a community college course. Get get up to speed a little bit. Then you go to pilot school, and then you work. And you might flush out. Yep, it happens. But you get fit, you get your mind fit, you get your body fit. That's just one type of job. All the freebie stuff, right? This, hey, I fog a mirror, get a job, Amazon's going to pay me $20 an hour, pay for my school, allow me to promote, pay for my health insurance, Amazon, Amazon, Amazon. Oh, surprise, they just laid off 10,000 people before the holidays. Huh. I guess that's not the future, sitting around and loading packages and thinking that the answer to life is $18 an hour and somebody else paying for your health insurance. Maybe you get a bit proactive, right? I, I want you to understand this because this summer, the Biden administration lied like the biggest lie they could have lied that you know is not true. But because people with suits and pretty well-spoken English say it, and it's reinforced by the media, right? The left-wing media, we call it. Unemployment is at all time. It is not we did not bring in a million jobs, right? They said the second quarter of this year that we brought in a million, that a million new jobs were created. Biden went on stage and said it. I don't know if he knew that it was a lie at the time. His tell, believe it or not, is when his finger goes alongside his nose. That's his tell when he's not telling the truth. And when he gets a little flustered, when he's not sure, you'll see him turn and cough. It's not a high school football, pre-football exam. No, no. It's actually fully clothed, turn and cough. You'll see him do it. You'll know that he's flustered. But when he's lying, he puts his finger aside his nose. He kind of has an itch. Maybe you saw it. Now you'll notice it. Now you'll recognize it. Now you'll say, hey, wait a second. There it is. So you watch how he gives the speech about, oh, there's been a million new jobs that were created and we're so excited and there's jobs, jobs, jobs. Ready for the number? It's not a million jobs. It was 10,000 jobs. 10,000. You can't make that mistake. You can't say, oh, I thought it was 8,460, so I rounded up. No, no. You said a million. Lie, Mr. Biden, you're a liar. Jerome Powell, you're a liar. Maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I, I don't care, so maybe, I don't know, maybe they'll come after me. Oh, well, here, let me say it the right way. Uh, they were misstating, um, uh, 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 here it is, they were misstating the facts in a manner in which could have been maybe sort of uh, misconstrued as the or, you can just say the air of way, that uh, Joe Biden and Jerome Powell lied. I like that better. Because so far, if we do it that way, you'll, I think, have an understanding that they're doing this on purpose. You see, your livelihood is at stake. Because the only way to phony up the inflation, the interest rate world, the only way to do it is, you know, and to absorb all the money that, that Biden has spent over the last two years, is to inflate the currency. I've told you that for years, for years and years. Every time they kept spending more money, Biden, Obama, President Trump, everybody, every time they did that, I was telling you, one day we're going to have to inflate the currency to absorb it. And surprise, here we are. So what is that going to look like to you? It's going to look like a couple of things. Number one, Social Security is going to continue to get a raise. 
For those of you on Social Security, you think that's a good thing. Let me explain to you why it's not a good thing. Because you'll never, ever have enough money to pay for inflation. Never. It would be better to not have inflation, have a much lower Social Security check, and yet be able to manage with your pension and other items that may not get the cost of living increases, the rest of your expenses. But when they are sending dollars into the system at record paces, and then they're pulling these dollars out, right? So right around 90 to $100 billion a month is being pulled out of circulation. Here's what that means. It means a bank that has money that's available, right? A bank that has money that's available to get into the system. Well, sorry, I have $90 billion less to lend this month. You need to know that because those $90 billion circulate. They go around the system. And, and if there isn't enough money to pay for the food, shelter, clothing of, of people or to borrow money to build housing for homeless people or to borrow money to build roads and bridges, because that believe it or not, private contractors are the ones that do most of the roads and bridges in the United States. It isn't government workers, much to the chagrin of the Democrat Party, who seem to want nothing but government workers everywhere. You, you have to ask yourself. How are they going to absorb all of this money into the system? It's very simple. They have to inflate the currency. They have to take minimum wage and make it 15, 18, 20, 23 dollars an hour. Because remember, it is not right that it is illegal for them to take money out of the system without a whole bunch of red tape and put it into the Social Security Medicare system. They can't do it. The Biden administration, the president uh, doesn't matter, the Congress, they can't. But what they can do is raise minimum wage. By raising minimum wage, you realize 100% of a minimum wage person's salary is subject to payroll tax, which means Social Security, Medicare, unemployment, SUDA, FUDA, all the federal disability, all of those. You understand that? They don't pay income tax. In fact, what is it, 43%, 46% now, I think is the latest number, of Californians pay zero state income tax, zero Nearly half. We're just going to call it half because we're not counting the illegal immigrants here. That means half of the people pay zero state income tax. But all of them that have any kind of minimum wage job, all of them pay payroll tax. So the way to increase money into Social Security, it's sneaky and it's wrong. It's like you punish the system, you punish the people in order to put a Band-Aid on it, which is what they're doing. Because you might say, well, it's great. I love money going into Social Security. I'm happy. Medicare. Yay, more dollars. Except that's not what they're doing. They're not just making it so that Medicare, they're, they're punishing the rest of the system. They're, they're pulling down the rest of the system so that on one side, they can turn around and say, oh, well, now what I'm going to do is put money back into the system. Why not just not make it a problem to begin with, right? So, so what do they do? They go after the minimum wage people. Or, oh, I, I got a $2 an hour pay raise. Oh, good for you. But did you take home $2 an hour? Oh, you didn't. You took down, uh, you took back rather maybe a dollar forty, a dollar fifty by the time you paid everything. And but what did it cost the employer? It didn't cost the employer two dollars. Cost the employer probably two dollars and fifty cents. So the employer pays two dollars and fifty cents out of his or her pocket, which by the way he or she would have paid income tax on. And then they give it to you that pay no income tax. You pay social security and payroll tax. The employer. If the employer made more than, than the maximum, 140, 150,000, whatever it might be right now, then he or she would not have paid any Social Security or Medicare or payroll tax. So they're shifting it to pe- from people that pay no payroll tax over to you that do pay payroll tax. They're shifting it from somebody who does pay income tax to somebody who does not pay income tax, both federal and state, by the way. So now what you have is that the balance is is being shifted. They're moving money from 
income tax supported uh, policies, uh, programs to payroll tax supported policies and programs. You see, I love that you're with your family and, and maybe uh, like me, right? We, we did, uh, it's the first year that our kids are all over the place because they're now with their spouses. We went from nobody married a year ago to the two of them being married and all of them living close by to none of them living close by. So, so it's a big change. And what, what do you get? Well, it means that Thanksgiving was our holiday this year. And Christmas is, is my family, right? My sister's family. It's wonderful. I love them all. I like that. But it's different. Right? We're getting older. The, the, my siblings, there's a whole group of us now getting into that pre-retirement age, 50s. Getting ready to think about retirement, planning. What are we going to do next? My kids are everywhere around the country now. And then you have to ask yourself... What about Social Security for me one day? I don't know if I ever want to take it. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll wait. Everybody's going to be different. Depends on your expenses, the rest of your situation, where the other dollars are coming from. But I do want you to know this. If you're putting together a financial plan for you, income strategy for you, you have to include a portion of Social Security, of course, But do not think it's going to be there in the same percentage of your income. It just won't. Right now, somewhere around 2032, we're going to run out of Social Security. Now, it won't be that, you know, Mary Jones of Des Moines, Iowa gets the last check. That's not how it's going to be. It will be everybody gets 65% or 70% of your paycheck, meaning if you are currently receiving $2,000 a month in 2032, 10 years from now, there'll be enough money to pay $1,400 a month. So it's not as if it goes away. It just reduces quite a bit. So if your reliance on Social Security is substantial, if you think it's a big part of your income, you're going to have to think twice because it can be a big mistake to have Social Security. In other words, somebody else counting on paying your, your income tax. Now, as bad or good news, depending on what side you're on, The strategy I just laid out is what they're actually doing, and it's what is ultimately going to be the thing that creates uh, security for Social Security. And that is what? It's to give more money to the minimum wage workers, because that's the only thing that Social Security taxed. It's to give more money to more people, to take money from the wealthy, and I don't mean wealthy. You see, sometimes you guys think wealthy is making a lot of money. Sometimes you understand wealth is not making a lot of money. Because wealth is a lot different than just making a lot of money. That's what they tax, by the way. You know that. That When you say, I want to make a lot of money, when I grow up, I want to make a lot of money. What, do, what does that mean? That's not wealth. I want wealth to be accumulation of assets. So when you make money, whatever it is, the majority of it is going to buy assets, not to pay bills. Your bills are paid by the income you receive from your assets. Let me repeat that. The poor and middle class use income from a job. The wealthy use income from assets. Stock, bonds, mutual funds, annuities, real estate, Gold well, uh, mines, uh, oil wells, right? Things that are creating wealth. You sit at home, somebody else goes to work, right? If you own 
Pepsi stock. You're not out there stocking the shelves full of Pepsi, but you know that Pepsi, if they sell more Coke uh, or more more cans than they expected, what are they going to do? Well, they're going to give you, here's a dividend, here's a piece of profit. We thought we were going to sell 100 cases. We sold 110. The profit's on those 10 cases. Here it is, extra, extra, extra. Everybody gets a little piece. You didn't go to work there. You didn't go there and create a, a job, but instead the the job, if you will, was being created by the workers, but you invested money there. Now, you could have lost your money. People invest money all the time in places that uh, that are legitimate. I'm not talking about FTX, but legitimate businesses, and they lose it. That's why you get a tax break on it. But those kind of dollars are not subject to Social Security tax. That's unearned income. That's you sitting at home or doing something else, and your assets are making you money. So the unearned income part of that means you're not physically going to work. The Social Security, the payroll tax, all of that is subject to what's called earned income or your salary or your hourly wage. That's why they're trying to inflate the currency. They are inflating the currency. That's why they're trying to pull money out of the system. A hundred billion dollars a month. You might think that's a lot of money. Well, that's twelve billion. That's uh, one point two billion, uh, one point two uh, trillion dollars by the end of the year, right? They pull out a hundred billion. Except, ready for this? They put about seven trillion dollars in the system just in the last few years. So we got to have this type of austerity, meaning tightening your belt, as they say. Less goods, less services. Everybody's angry. Jimmy Carter, wear a sweater. Turn your turn your thermostat down to 52 degrees. Remember that? 52 degrees. You should wear a sweater. This is the new normal. This is the way it's going to be. Ronald Reagan came in and said, excuse me? That is not the way it's going to be. And he understood what to do. It's the same problem now. The same problem now. So what do you do to fix this? Well, personally, you're going to have your own strategies. I'll get into that here after the break. But as the government, what should the government do? It's very simple. The government should, number one, allow oil drilling. You absorb this money into the system, not by pulling it out and making less money available, but you start allowing people to buy goods and services. You produce more goods and services. Right? right now, there's a lot of money, no goods and services. You have to create more goods and services. It's called a supply side. Create more supply and let the money that's floating around have something to buy. And that will now start to shrink down. It doesn't take very long. It takes about a year, year and a half. Pipeline's big. It takes a while. It's not overnight, but it's certainly not a decade. It's not Jimmy Carter time frame. Right? The crazy guy he was... Good man, I understand. A very good man. Sunday school teacher, Bible teacher. I did some Habitat for Humanity stuff with him. Built houses for poor people. All that was great. But it had had nothing to do with his ability to, to be a good president. He was a micromanager. Didn't trust the people that worked for him. As opposed to the opposite, right? Joe Biden doesn't know the people that work for him. <laughs> Joe Biden is trying to figure out, what day is it again? Merry Christmas? Is that right? I mentioned to you as uh, I happen to know somebody in the White House, and he would walk by his first six months or so 
and keep going towards the vice president's office, wouldn't even go towards the president's office, would, would bring up stories of the past. Oh, how's your little, how's Susie, right? Her dance recital. Uh, Mr. President, Susie's 28 years old with two kids now. Oh, yeah. He was stuck in the past. Still is. You see it. Time's up. When is he lying on purpose? Very simple. You just watch how he touches his nose. That's it. Does he rub his nose to the side? He does. He's lying. Oh, wait. Is he coughing in the in his to, turning to the left and right? He's confused. Doesn't know what to say. Doesn't know what to do. That's the difference. That's the trade-off. All right. So Jerome Powell is now part of the dishonesty crew. Janet Yellen is. That's a surprise to me because she used to be somebody that was respected. Not anymore. So this starts to change things. All right, guys, stay with me. After the break, we'll be with you. I'm Eric Halaby. This is the Total Financial Hour. We'll be right back. Dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for me, higher income strategy. Hey, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me. Hey, I didn't give you the phone number. Let me give that to you. It's 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. 99 retire Okay, also... Since you have your pen out, grab it again here. Triple eight ninety nine retire. All right, here's what I need. Send us an email. I've got a, a two great emails after the the top of the hour here for my second hour of the show. It's going to be to Arif A R I F at tfswealth.com. So Arif at tfswealth.com. A R I F as in Frank at tfswealth.com. TFS stands for Total Financial Solutions. You're just going to say TFS Wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, dot com. All right. Why do I bring this up? Because your emails matter. I get a chance to hear what's going on with you. We can only see so many people in a week, and we love it. I'd love to be able to, to meet with you. If you'd like to come into the office, we'd love to have you. There's no cost, no fee. There's never a monthly fee or quarterly fee. There's not a deposit fee or a meeting fee. Some of the little tricks or scams, if you will, out there where we're a fee only, we're a fee based, we're a fee this. Do you realize they're always getting paid behind the scenes? Somebody is always getting paid from your financial products, period. Whether or not you are uh, writing them a check, whether or not it comes uh, in on page one of your statement, whether they tell you, I'm a fee only, go see my buddy down the hall. Wink, wink, nod, nod. 
Oh, you can stay at my beach house this summer, says the buddy. Look, I, I, I'm telling you this. It doesn't matter whatever titles. Where I'm a certified estate planner. I love it. It's great. Uh, amazing education, frankly. Uh, I love it. It's been a, probably 20 years now. The renewals, the education, the, the ongoing reviews of pensions. Going to I go to, uh, to both Sacramento and Washington, D.C. We're always discussing pension stuff. I pay my own money. It's my own dollars to go there, to speak to these folks, to learn what's going on, to lobby on your behalf, just because I'm passionate about this. All right? But the bottom line is, you can say fiduciary or not. You tell me. Is it already illegal to murder? Is it already illegal to steal? Is it already? Of course it is. So you're saying somebody that that is unethical and a dishonest person. Oh, they got me. Now I have to do it because, because listen, the state of California says you're a fiduciary. You have to do what's in my best interest. I was going to be a sneaky son of a gun, but not anymore because they passed a law or because there's a rule or because there's this policy. It doesn't matter. If the person is a dishonest person, they will be a dishonest person. Can you say Bernie Madoff? Can you say First Global Capital? How about Woodbridge Financial? How about, right? There's men and women on this station and and, and, and other places around the country that have been on in past years, advertised, wolf in sheep's clothing. People think they're decent. You could be in a lot of different places and still be a sneaky son of a gun. So my point is... Don't just run around and find people with titles or fancy offices or, or marble on the floor or a secretary with a British accent. You, you don't need any. Trust yourself. Talk to them. You can come to our office. You can come on Zoom meetings. People do that. Phone calls. Meet us. If you like us, if, if it works for you, great. If not, that's okay, too. Our job is to help get you out of debt, manage money, plan for your retirement, build a future where Income comes in every month, come heck or high water. I don't, I don't mind what happens to the world. I'm not interested in what's happening in Ukraine or China or Puerto Rico or the Catalina Islands. I care about you. Every, the first of the month, you have bills that are due. Great. Is that income coming in to pay it? Wonderful. Especially when one of you, it's often the man, but sometimes the lady, is the spouse that handles all the bills, and then somebody passes away. In a very weird way, this week we've had three, two existing clients and one client's um, father that they had passed away in the last couple months, and we've been dealing with their paperwork and dealing with all of the the processing, and, and it happens. And the goal is to make sure you have somebody on your side that knows what to do, that knows how to fix problems when there's a problem, knows how to, how to get back on track, because there's always going to be an issue, just always will be. It's the way it goes. And we deal with that pretty regularly. My eight staff folks are amazing, but you always talk to me. Their job is to handle paperwork behind the scenes, a lot of the phone calls with you know company-to-company company stuff. But when you come in or when we're doing any kind of income strategies or planning, it's done with me. Okay, so if I can help you, it'd be my honor, guys. It's a privilege. 888, that's 888-997-3847. All right, hey, I wanted to continue with something for you that I think is pretty important. What do I think is going to happen now that we know the Biden administration and Jerome Powell have, have lied, flat out lied, 
We did not create a million jobs. We created 10,000 jobs. We are in a recession. We were in a recession. We probably still are. And probably going forward, the recession is going to restart again, which happens. It's called a double dip recession. I think we're going to have it again in 2023. Why? Because it's a guess based on the pipeline, right? You see what's happening on this end of the pipeline. And you know, when it comes out the other side of the pipeline, you have a good sense. Well, in any case, that bad news is coming. And it's not bad news as if the world's coming to an end. It's bad news where you're looking and saying, I, I think there's going to be opportunity, right? For a lot of you, you don't understand that opportunity is really about uh, circumstance, right? Both your circumstance and preparation and and the country. So let me give you a good idea. What do I think you should be doing now? I think you should avoid debt, bad debt. Let's be clear on this. If I own this building and it's a, a $10 million building and my payment on it each month is $100,000, there's a lot of you that would freak out. Oh my word, $100,000. You know how long it takes me to make 100000 and I got to pay that every single month? Well, yeah, that's if you pay it. But if I own this building and the rents are $150,000 a month, well now, pretty simple. I have to bring in 150, I pay the bank 100, I get to keep 50,000. Now, you might think okay, that's dramatic. Take away a couple zeros. I'm doing it for effect so you'll get the point. That big building over there that you're always in partnership with the banking system. So I want you to have big debt. It's not a Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey's ideas are for the lower income and and middle income people, not not folks that want to be wealthy or even act like they're wealthy. He thinks all debt is bad. This is the only part, really, that we disagree on. I think bad debt is bad, but I think there's some good debt out there. Again, I use my office building example. So I I don't want you to think that all debt is bad, but bad debt is bad. And until you learn the difference, we're going to have to understand that probably most of the debt that you have, if not all of it, is bad. So credit card debt, car loans, I don't like them. I don't like them if if you have to go to work every day or you're taking money from your assets to create a, a, a income stream or something to pay off that debt. I don't like that. So what I'd like you to do is to think twice about bad debt. If you have credit card debt, if you have debt from, from Christmas or Hanukkah, the holidays, I want you to pay it off. All right, I don't like it. Get it paid off as quick as you can. What does that mean? It means getting a second job. Then you go get a second job. If it means that you start cataloging your debt, if you have more than one or two, here's how I want you to pay it off. Because when the recession comes, folks, especially if you have variable interest loans, which is what most credit cards are, they're not going to be nice to you, credit card line people. They're not. They're going to raise their rates substantially, especially if you get some of the Native American or Indian tribal casino type loans. Now, you're going to think, well, I don't have that. Oh, yes, many of you do. What do you think this? Oh, give me a, you know, cash call us at 1-800-GIVE-ME-MY-MONEY.COM. Hey, buddy, you want, remember these commercials? You want money? Yes, I do. Well, we have money for you. I went in and I gave my title loan. Those loans, folks, are six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollars a six, seven, eight hundred percent rather. Can you imagine a 500% loan? You would never do that on the surface, but they trick you and they lie 
and they get sneaky and they say it's only 3% a week or something like that. And you go, oh, three is a low number. Okay, three is not bad. Or they don't even use percentages. They'll use dollars and put the percentages in small eight-point light gray font on the bottom of the application. Or beige font with a mix with a whole bunch of other things. And your mind psychologically starts to shut down when you see all that fine, point, fine writing, right? The fine print, as they say. So what do you do? Well, very clearly, you have to understand that all of that kind of debt, any of that debt is bad debt. Again, if you own an apartment building and your payment is $5,000 a month on the apartment building and you're bringing in $10,000, then it's good debt. Somebody else is paying down your asset. I like it. But we're not going to get into too much of that. I want to give you an idea or a way to catalog your debt. We've been talking about this for 26, 27 years. It's called snowballing your debt or debt snowball. It's very simple. I want you to go through. You're going to write down. You're going to catalog your debt. You're going to write it in one place. And here's what you're going to write down. The title, the amount that you owe, the minimum payment today. I don't want to know. I don't care about the interest rate. It's irrelevant. doesn't matter. It's not a part of it. Sometimes people will say, but Arif, that is a 36% interest and this one is 0% interest for six months. So I'm going to pay off the 30. No. Now, let me back up. What's your goal? If your goal is to get out of debt as fast as possible, I'm going to show you how to do it. If your goal is to save money on interest, that's a different pathway altogether. If your goal is to improve your credit score, well, that might even be a different pathway altogether, right? Improving your credit score is probably not the same procedure policy way to go, if you will, that is to get out of debt fast. There, there's different ways. Now, you, you'll eventually get there, but it takes you a lot longer to get out of debt if the goal is to pay off your credit cards and build your uh, credit score along the way, right? I want you to get out of debt now. Your credit score will come. So how do you do it? Whatever the minimum payment is, you turn it into a fixed payment. Meaning if today you have a $5,000 credit card and the minimum payment on that is $120, you will always pay $120. Even if in a couple months it says, oh, your minimum payment is now 110. No, no, no. We're paying 120. Just like your car note, right? If you had a car loan, it says it's the same interest, a same payment today as it is in five years. If you have a five-year car loan, it's paid off in five years, but the payment is the same on the last month as it is on the first month. That's called a fixed payment debt, not a revolving. Revolving is credit card where the balance goes down, but so does the payment. I don't want any of that strategy to be involved with this. You're going to have those debts, but that's not the strategy I want you to have. The strategy I want you to use is simple. You're going to say, I have a visa. It has $5,000 minimum payments, 120. Great. You will always pay 120. Even if it says 105, 101, whatever. Nope. We're paying 120. All right. Now, what you're going to do is you're going to look at all the overage. Oh, I pay a little extra on this one. Oh, Eric, this one is a, a bad uh, interest rate. I'm going to pay a little extra on that. So, so take those extra dollars. I want you to bundle them together. And I want it to go down in addition to that payment to the lowest balance. That's the trick. Ready for this? Balance. 
You have one debt that is 5000 one debt that is 3000 I want you to pile the daylights out of that $3,000 debt. All extra money. You're going to work part-time. I want everything I want it to go. Extra, 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 extra. All to that $3,000 debt. When that's paid off, well, remember, you've been paying one twenty on the other one. Even if the 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 required minimum payment goes down you're still paying the 120 but ready for this once you pay off that $3000 credit card all of that payment goes to that $5000 one that is how we do it it's called a debt snowball now the reason you're in debt is one of two reasons it's either because you have what's called bad habits or it's because you have something called uh, an event, right? So you have to think about it. Is it an event or is it a pattern of behavior? Because if it's a pattern of behavior, that's more difficult. Not impossible, but certainly more difficult to change. That means you have to sit down. You have to figure out why is it that we spend? And I'll tell you a little little story. Years ago when I was learning to become kind of a debt, debt payoff expert person probably 25 years ago, I remember sitting down uh, and and people were talking, the, the folks that were already really good at it, and they said, we noticed two different types of people. I said, what do you mean? They go, well, we have the debt, the bad habits folks, right? They just every month, every month, every month, more than they make, they spend. And then we have the ones that are great, everything's wonderful, until somebody gets laid off, or somebody gets sick, or a divorce, or a death. And when that happens, that's an event, and it throws the financial world into a tailspin. The way we solve that problem, the event problem, is by building up an emergency account, by building up a savings account, a go-to place that isn't debt, for example. On the other side, on the habit side, it's simple. I want you to have on the habit side the ability for you to change those. But here's what happens between men and women normally. And here's my experience. My experience, probably 90%, 90% generally, it's men and 90% women. And then the opposite, of course, is, is the other side. It's this. So normally the guys will get mad at the women for spending. You spend money all week long. You're always spending money. So here's what happens. The women will generally do $20, $30, $40, $10, $50. And they'll do this for lunch, for here, for the kids. You don't understand. It's the kids. What did I want my kids? Or do you think I need? I deserve. I know it's only my nails. And so in their overspending world, it will be a few dollars, 20, 40, 50 a day, a week, above their budget that they can afford. So they put it on a credit card. And that's always. And then at the end of the year, there's a dollar figure that shows that they're upside down. A man will do nothing, 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 new boat. Nothing, 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 new motorcycle. <laughs> nothing, nothing, new. And then a new new uh, gun or something, right? So, but in the end, in the end of the year, when you add it up, it's about the same. The ladies, uh, uh, and I know women, I'm sorry if, if I'm stereotyping. It's just my experience. It's just the way it is. It's what I do for a living. It's my experience. Uh, now, sometimes it's the ladies. It's the opposite, where the man will spend a little, 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 and the women will be nothing, 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 new, something, right? But in the end, you add up the amount of dollars that they spend between the new motorcycle and, the, and all the other stuff, and it's the same. Virtually, right? It's about the same dollar. That's important you understand that because those are habits. 
You can solve both of those. You can find a, a way to fix it by building an emergency account. So as you're getting out of debt, you can peel some of that money that eliminates debt and build a savings or an emergency account. You can do that off to the side. Look, very, very appropriate coming off of a Christmas time when uh, many people have overspent, right? We know that. We see it. And, and I want you to realize that it's okay to not spend as much money. These It, it is. You see, the biggest mistake people do is they tie their emotions to money. So what are you going to say? I'm not going to buy my kids. I love my kids. And if I love my kids, I need to buy something for my kids. What do I do? So in the end, by trying to cut back on debt means you don't love your children. Well, of course, who's going to win that deal? Oh, what do you, so you think I just don't deserve it? I don't work hard all year long. I work hard and I work hard, hard, hard work, work, work hard. And then, so if you don't overspend money, it means... Nobody respects that you worked hard. That's usually the man's excuse, right? Of course, I need a new truck. What do you mean? You so I work my tail off all year so you guys can have all these things and all I ask for and all I need is it's just, right? I know we've all done it. I'm telling you to stop and to step outside of that and to look and say, oh, that's the problem. That's the reason. Got it. Now I can fix it. Pretty cool, right? Because once you know the problem, you go, wow, I can fix it. That's an amazing thing. For a lot of people, they never even learn the problem. So there's never a way to fix anything because, one, they don't think there's anything wrong. And two, at the same time, they look at it and say, well, it, it's supposed to mean if I do this, it means that I'm not a valuable person or, or you know, worthy or, or whatever values they put on overspending. So if you're going to take a bad decision financial decision. That is where I'm going with it. But if you're going to take a bad financial decision and you cover it with God, family, or the right thing to do, there's not a lot I can do for you, right? In other words, if you have bad financial habits and you're messing it up, messing up, messing up, and I come to you and I say, okay, great. Here's a way to solve the problem. Here's a way to fix this. So wait, you don't understand. It's for my kids and my kids are in private school. And so they have to stay in private school because there's bad people in public school and, and they need piano lessons and karate lessons and fencing lessons and music lessons. And so what am I going to say? You say things like, oh, Eric, this is only because I love my children. And then I'm going to say, well, let's change everything. And now you put that as, well, then I won't love my children. Well, what can I do about that? Right? I had a lady who, a uh, mom of five kids, two of them were in acting. So they, they had a, so she was managing them as an acting person, but not a very financially savvy person. In fact, uh, I, th I think she dropped out of high school. There's something that happens when you use drugs at a particular age. Uh, it's the big concern I have right now with marijuana, right? When it hits you in your teenage years, and I think that was her thing, and it kind of stunts the brain from maturing. You like you kind of stop this growing path, and it just ends. Great person, nice person, a believer, but just not that bright. Husband passes away, bad disease uh, at a young age in his 40s. Um, she, between life insurance that we had set up for him years earlier, you never think it's going to happen, um, right? Nobody plans on it, but we did plan just in case and thankfully. And at the end, they had right around uh, 
$700,000. But it wasn't earnings. It was retirement accounts. It was life insurance. And it wasn't money that came into her life because she worked or her husband worked. This is money that's going to help a widow with five minor children and no skill whatsoever to work anywhere except a basic minimum wage job. And she says, I'm going to tithe 10% of that. I go, but you didn't earn it. It's, it's not an earnings. It's, it's wealth. It's sitting in the bank. You don't give 10% of your home equity. You give 10% of what you're working. She said, well, uh, the church I go to says I should tithe. It's a long story. I'm like, oh, my word, what are you talking about? Well, of course, one thing led to another. Not only did she take $100,000 out of the seven hundred, but she took other monies and other monies. And I will tell you, folks, it is the worst I had ever seen. But in about four years, all of that money was gone. Bad habits have consequences. Cover it up in, in saying, well, at least I'm trying to provide for my family. I go, listen, I've got a strategy that could p- provide for your family forever. That's not a problem. But you really have to understand this is not something that just goes away. This is real money. It's there for you and your family. So remember, bad habits, let's get, keep those things in check. All right, folks, stay with me after the break. Your emails, your questions when we come back. I'm Eric Hallaby, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-997-3847. Love to talk with you. Give us a call this week. We're here, of course, after Tuesday. My staff has taken Monday off, so we're here Tuesday and through the rest of the year, and, of course, next year as well. Bless you all. Have a great Christmas. Stay with me right after the break. I'll be right back. Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Strategy. I'll retire comfortably thanks to Arab Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. Retire comfortably thanks to Arab Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Hey, welcome to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arab Halaby, the Total Financial Hour, talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. All right, listen, I'm going to give you the phone number 888. 99 retire that's 888-997-3847 888-99 retire um here's 
Here's what I think is kind of a big deal for you in your financial life. We've talked about this before, and especially my second hour. It's all about your emails and your issues, your concerns. Patterns of behavior, I've always been good at that. When I spent nearly 11 years on the police department, on the Los Angeles Police Department, we saw patterns of behavior. I I also look at it, it's it's how you survive often in the department. Uh, But you also see it in, in city politics, right? When you elect a socialist as a mayor, when you elect people that are specifically in city council, that are out and out bigots, they say it, they don't deny it. When you elect people to city, state, county positions and or the uh, the appointment of these people, and they're not afraid, they're not shy of talking about how much of a bigot they are and, and how much of a racist they are, as long as they're racist against those people, right? Some people, but not these people. Those people, but not these. That's important. You realize that that's called normal, and that pattern of behavior is not going to change. So a lot of you are leaving the state. I'm not sure what the reason is. The, the latest numbers came out this week as to you know what the final vote tally was and who voted and who didn't. And the underwhelming response turnout of Republicans was just off the charts. Just they just there's such a small amount anyway, and they didn't even turn out. Which meant when Gavin Newsom only won 59 percent of the vote in the state of California, and that nine percent difference right between losing and winning, that nine percent difference was not made up by Republicans voting. It was made up by other Democrats that are disenchanted and independents. So what would have happened had Republicans actually come out and vote? Well, he wouldn't be governor, right? Because the Delta, that 9%, and, and yet the, the difference between registered Democrats and registered Republicans is a lot greater than 9%. So the pattern of behavior the Democrats have associated uh, the, the elections with is that Republicans don't come out. You just keep beating them down, beating them down. You're worthless. You're never going to make a difference. Don't bother. Even though many of much of that might be accurate, I get it, or at least to some respect, there still is a chance. No matter what, there's always a chance, right? People didn't believe that Larry Elder had a, even close to a chance of coming up uh, during the recall, and yet look at where he he ended up. Amazing, right? A lot of people forget that the bottom line when it comes to the election uh, in California, specifically Southern California. It's about turnout. You see, because the patterns of behavior that you and I associate with when it comes to the way we spend money, it's the same thing in city-county politics, the way they are. Ready for this? They don't care about you. That's important. You know that. They don't, they don't care about you. Why don't they care about you? Well, it's, it's very simple. It's because you're not going to give them money. Right? It, it, when Republicans did vote and they came out, they didn't even vote for the local candidates. They, they just cherry-picked. Well, what do Democrats do? They looked for any place there was a D and they said, check, check, check. Republicans go, ah, this doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. I'm not voting. You have to do your research. Great news before I get into your emails. Uh, A couple of you have actually started running for political office. You've been getting involved. You're you're getting involved on as far as going to the meetings. City council has weekly meetings. Most cities around Southern California. 
and you're going to the meetings, you're listening to the issues, you're talking to people. I love that. What I want you to do is to continue to do that in retirement. Let us and and Social Security and your pension, let us care for your income, right? If that's our job, TFS Financial Insurance Services, our job is to take your retirement account, turn it into an income stream, make sure you never have to worry about income. Great. Now you're not beholden to anybody. You can't be fired. You can't be downsized. You can't be uh, not important or uh, non-essential. I love that. Nope. With us, every week, income comes in. And now you get to stand up for your values and not worry about your job. Stand up for your values and not worry about somebody taking away your pension or your livelihood. That's why there's so much power in the retirees. That's why you have strength. Retiring, being blessed to retire in your 50s or 60s, that's a big deal, folks. I don't mind. Travel around, do your thing, but get involved. Stand up to these bureaucrats that think it's okay to not allow a cisgender white male. Oh, I can't have you. That came out of your mouth? You are a racist pig, ma'am. And you had no problem feeling comfortable to say that. Hispanic, male and female, L.A. City Council, you guys had no problem coming out of your mouth in a, in a mixed group, meaning it wasn't your just close friends and family, it was, it was colleagues. You had no problem talking about a black adopted child of a gay couple. You actually thought that was okay. You see, I am not surprised that people think that way because people think like that and have always and always will. Uh, that's not surprising to me. What was surprising to me is that the, the lady city councilwoman that talked about a white cisgender male being elected president of the, of the board or the L.A. city council people feeling like it's okay. Like from their mouth, they ran it through their little quick filter and said, and I'm going to say this right now. We all do it. Sometimes we spend a lot of time thinking about we're going to say it. And sometimes it just slips out. I get it. But not only did they say it and then continue to elaborate and continue to discuss, it wasn't like a, oops, I shouldn't have said that. They thought it was okay and normal. That is a, a, excuse my French folks, but that is a middle finger to you and your values. And most importantly, they think you're not going to do anything about it. What are you going to do? Right? It's that kind of thing. I just knocked over your milk cart when I walked by in the school lunchroom. What are you going to do about it? They know you're not going to do anything about it. Unless you are. And now you come out and you come out. And waves, you come out in droves and you come out with a strong attitude towards fixing this. And the way you do it is you run for office, you stand up for what's right. You talk about how that's not acceptable to act like that. It's not acceptable to be that way, privately or publicly. And if you want to think that way, more power to you, but we're not going to elect you. Go in your little corner and be a bigot. Bye-bye. I don't care if it's white males, or females, Christians, Jewish, it doesn't matter. We're not going to run policies and procedures about discriminating against those that are different. And, and you have to run like that if you're going to run for office. So 
I just thought it was important to tell you about those kind of things because I think that's a big deal. All right, here I want to get into a couple of things. Uh, this is a big issue that a lot of people are encountering. Um, most importantly, I think you and your family don't understand that these issues, these concerns are happening all over. I mean, we're seeing it at record numbers and it's being in your fifties, late forties, fifties, maybe even sixties, but getting a divorce after 25 years plus of marriage. It's called the graying of divorce. Somebody wrote an article on it and used that title. I thought it was appropriate. The graying of divorce. What that means is that folks are waiting for the kids to get out of high school, college, grow up, move out, and now they separate. Sometimes it is well-known, even in the family, right? The kids know mom and dad haven't been sleeping in the same room. They don't, they're not getting along. Sometimes they, it's a surprise to the lady, right? She thinks everything's fine. And he says, oh, by the way, for eight years, I've been having an affair with my secretary. And so, uh, you know, my business trips really weren't business trips. And she thought everything was fine. And off she goes. So we see that. We see that happening quite a bit. Well, that matters because I think in your particular world, you have to plan and prepare for your family, for you, to be careful. Right? So it isn't that you have to learn to do the other person's job, but you do have to understand how the money works and where it goes and what happens. Because sometimes people are caught off guard. Sometimes people pass away. We had that happen where a 54-year-old man and she was 52. Kids have grown up. They even had one grandbaby at that time, and he passes away. Look, but, but what about our plans? What about our life together? We, we struggled. We sacrificed. We finally have grandchildren. We're you know, getting down the road financially secure, of, of being financially secure. Surprise, you're now on your own. Right? It takes a while. You have to figure things out. You have to, to go through this. So how do we make sure? Well, let me share with you. This is an email from Marianne, but it's about her daughter. And her daughter uh, basically had to go through, is going through a divorce. So let me, let me kind of start from the part that matters the most. All right, this is from Marianne. Dear Arif, we have a daughter that has moved back in and is in the middle of a divorce. Is there something she should be doing right now to get her life financially secure as she waits for the divorce to be final? She is 52 years old and her two children are out and on their own. She was married for 28 years. Her husband is an executive at an entertainment company and has a good pension plan. I know she has an old retirement plan from an old job. Uh, it's called a 401k when she worked for uh, years ago. She wants to buy a house again someday since they just sold their current home. She did receive about $250,000. After all fees and expenses, she put that much in her bank account, but there's no way that she could buy a house for that amount. Do you have a suggestion of one, how she could buy that house as soon as possible? Sounds like they want her to move out. Uh, her goal is to stay in California since her kids are currently here. We are also concerned as we are getting up in age and we don't want her to be alone in her older years. 
but more importantly, we don't want her to be financially insecure. Thank you for everything you do. We love listening to your show. Marianne. All right, guys. Here's what I'm going to recommend for her daughter. I'm just going to call her daughter Jane. And the reason, because I'm going to refer to Jane a little bit. And I'm just going to call her Jane. All right, here's what I'm thinking. For Jane, uh, there's a couple of rules that you guys follow. Number one is Social Security uh, says a 10-year window is required to receive your husband or your wife's Social Security benefits or the portion in which you're entitled to when you retire. So what that means is this. If you're married 10 years and 10 minutes or longer, then you are entitled to half of your uh, spouse's Social Security when you stop working. Okay, so this is what it means. Let's say spouse's Social Security is 4000 a month. You would be entitled to right around 2000 maybe slightly less. Now, or you get 100% of your own. So let's say you work on your own and you've just been banking away and doing great and your Social Security is maybe 2500 Well, you get the higher of the two, either about half of your spouse's or you receive 100% of yours. And it goes both ways. We've had women that were the main breadwinners of big dollars and, and the husbands that were the lower income earner. So it's, it's both ways. So I want you to know this because this is important. Sometimes people will divorce nine and a half years on purpose. It does not impact you one way or the other. So if your spouse receives half of your Social Security, it doesn't change your dollar figure. It doesn't change your amount. It doesn't change when you can retire. It doesn't change anything on your Social Security. You have no power, no, no issue, no concern, zero. You get it? Nothing. The receiving spouse, sometimes the guys will retire a little earlier and they'll do it for a couple of reasons. One is they, they want to kind of shaft the, the other person. So they hurry up, hurry up. Let's get, let's get this divorce over at nine and a half years so that they don't get half my social security. And when I explain to them, listen, it, it doesn't affect you. It's a social security game. It has nothing to do with your personal income. They still want to do it because they don't want the other person to receive anything. It's kind of a very bitter and angry setup. Others will drag it out, drag it out, drag it out to get past that 10 years and 10 minutes. But in this particular case, they were married well long past the 10 years. So she's going to receive half of his Social Security, it sounds like, because he's an executive of an entertainment company. We have quite a few of those guys as clients. They, uh, they make good money. The income is high. And certainly the income that is subject to Social Security is high. Usually they max out. All right. You need a good lawyer. Jane, I'm going to start with that. Make sure you have a good attorney. I know it stinks having to pay them, but you do need a good attorney. And if it sounds like you're already through the process a little bit, but just make sure your attorney is staying on top. I don't like it when you guys work with attorneys that are... uh, What they call them? Ambulance chasers. But, you know, on Tuesday they do workers comp and on Thursday they do your car accident and on Friday they'll do family law. No, no, no. You guys need to start focusing in on experts, right? I want a plumber who's a plumber. I want a mechanic who's a mechanic. I don't want somebody to crisscross my legal stuff, right? I want a a person who does revocable living trusts. 
every day, all the time. That's all I want. I don't want somebody that does trusts and then I do divorces. And then while I'm at it, I'll take your car accident. And then no, no, no. I want somebody who's an expert. So when it comes to divorce law, family law is what it's called. I want an expert. Yes, you'll pay a little extra for them. You interview them. You trust your gut. Is it worth it? Are they good people? You do those things. Here's what generally happens. Uh, Marianne, she's going to receive about half of his pension uh, because most likely it's going to be half of what he would have earned today based on when he started working. So let's say he's a little bit older. You you didn't indicate that, but let's say he's a little bit older and he works another 10 years. Well, she would get half of what he's earned up to this date generally. So let's say his pension is $6,000 a month. Uh, she would get maybe 2500 or 2000 because she would get half of this period of time. That's important you know that because in this process, you're not going to receive all of it, and you're certainly not going to receive half. But that's the same rules with the 401k, just so you know. Right in the 401k world, she's entitled to half. But here's part of the issue. It sounds like you already separated the house. Sometimes people will, I want to stay in the house, so I'll give up part of your pension. Or I want your your pension, so I'll give up some of the 401k. Sometimes people will just split everything down the middle, no formula. There's something called the DISOMaster. The DISOMaster is a formula that a very smart, now probably wealthy do, uh, attorney created years ago, and it's a p- computer program that puts everything in one place, pluses and minuses, the age, how long you're married, are there minor children, and it comes up with a formula kind of a guideline, if you will, that says, here's what you're going to get. The thing that drives me crazy is when people will will divorce and they'll fight and fight and fight and no, I'm not giving her and he's not getting anything and that SOB and you guys go on and on. And then in the end, guess what? It's exactly what the Disselmaster says. Each made $100,000. Thank you. So when it comes to divorce law, the the Disselmaster, everything is fairly straightforward in California. It's not designed to make the attorneys wealthy, but it does because people will fight over the Pomeranian or they'll fight over the, the hallway uh, credenza or they'll fight over, you know, a vase that was given. And, and it, so, so they argue and fight over things that have emotional value, but they'll spend real dollars. So make sure you have a good lawyer. It sounds like he's doing or she's doing the right thing. But here's a big part that I think you need to know. The idea that her only source of income in the future is partially is going to come from a pension. That's fine. The other part that really concerns me is there isn't two incomes coming in. Now, you might remarry, Jane, and if you do, wonderful. But I don't want you to ever count on if I don't marry, I don't receive anything. If I don't marry, I'm going to be broke. I don't want that. I want you to be financially independent, and oh, by the way, I found a spouse or a partner I can share the rest of my life with. Wonderful. I'm happy about that. But I don't want you to have to do that in order to, you know, food, shelter, clothing stuff. Not interested in that. A little too scary for me, especially at your age, right? At 52, we don't have 30 years of work in front of us. So what do we do? Well, I like the idea that we count as much of your lump sum, which is what we have to do, as much as your lump sum of dollars that come in, we have to turn it into income, right? So that Social Security, I'm going to figure it's probably right around, let's say, $2,000. But that's not for another decade or more. 
pension. We're going to call it right around 2000. I'm probably pretty close with that. But again, that's not for another decade. So what are you going to do between now and then? Well, it's a smart move moving in with family because that can help reduce the cost. But let me share something with you. We have uh, clients when they're husband pass away, there's always one or two of the kids, a daughter or son, who thinks that it's their responsibility to move in and care for you. And part of you, just like part of me, loves to have your kids around and you're happy they're with you, but you also know it's not healthy for them. It's good for a little bit, three months, six months. They move in, they make sure you get back on track. There's a selfish part of you that doesn't like to be lonely, so we want them there, but understand that it's not healthy for them. They have to get out. They have to build their life. They're in a different phase of life. And the more financially secure you are, the more it gives them permission to go out and live their life. So I have seen that when you get financially healthy, well, finally the daughter goes out and starts to socialize again or date again or marry or move into an apartment or the son does the same thing, especially sons with moms, right? Just so you know, moms, you are our... For the boys, there's just something about it, right? We're extremely close. We'll protect you with all, everything we have. And so that's a very important part of this of the formula is to make sure that your son has a place to go after you are secure, right? He has to feel comfortable that you're okay. Now, how do we convert your money into income? Well, we do so... By laddering through fixed or fixed indexed annuities, I like that idea, especially in your place, but I don't want you touching the money for the down payment for the house. That money for the house, that that deposit, that's for your housing, but for later. If there's money left over after it, great, then we'll do something with it. But you just leave it in a money market account. The job of that house is simple, or that money is simple. It's to care for your housing. Most important now is to get a job, have a career, go back to school. Use this time as an opportunity to make sure your mom and dad are comfortable, just like you want to make sure your kids are safe and healthy. We want to make sure that they want to make sure you are safe and healthy. All right, so that happens. And then when you have a job, you can qualify for a loan. We'll use some of that 250000 for a down payment. Maybe your goal is a condo or a townhome or a small home, whatever it is. But we'll find something that later on, if you happen to remarry or you happen to move out of state, we are going to keep that and rent it out. And now we have a third source of income for you. I love those kinds of things because then that means financial stability. But meanwhile, just leave the 250 in a money market account and we'll take it from there. All right, we'll be back in just a minute, guys. Stay with me. Another one of your emails on your place for news, talk, and information. I'm Eric Halby, 888 retire 888-997-3847. We'll be right back. Life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halaby. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arif has a plan for me, higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably, thanks to Arif Halaby. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arif makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. 
Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Hey, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being with me. I'm Arif Halaby, the Total Financial Hour, talking about your family's finances, getting out of debt, of course, managing money, talking about your family's future. And here's a big part of it. When you and your family are kind of planning and, and strategizing, if you will, with the new year coming up, often people will look at diets, right? That seems to be the big thing. Also, financial diets. Do I want to cut back here? Do I want to build wealth there? Uh, what is my ultimate goal? Well, I want to give you some of the upcoming changes that are happening to the Social Security, sorry, to the uh, 401k world. And this makes a big difference in your financial life because the limits for 401k uh, and retirement account and IRAs have changed. So the new ones, it's very simple. Let me give those to you. If you used to put in $6,000 per year, that's the maximum you can put in if you're under the age of 50, so 49 and under, then you're allowed to put in 6000 a year. A Roth IRA or a traditional IRA. If, it is, uh, if you're older than age 50, so 50 years old, even if December 31st is your 50th year, then you are allowed to put in money up to, put in dollar for dollar, earned income. So you physically have to actually earn income. It's not the unearned income, right? It means you went to work, you have a job. Unearned income would be, 401k withdrawals, it would be pension money, it would be most real estate transactions. That's called unearned income. That's 7,000. That's 2022 numbers. 2023 numbers, same thing for a traditional IRA where you get the deduction now, or a Roth IRA where you don't pay taxes later, but you do pay taxes today. Both of those, they, they're treated the same. You get a $500 increase in which you're allowed to put in extra money. So what is the number? $6,500 in 2023 if you're under the age of uh, 50. If you're 50 years and older, you're allowed to put in, ready for this, da 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 $7,500. So it's an increase, another $500. But what about the 401k world? Right. What about your company plan? If you have a 403B, that means you work for a school district or a hospital, research facility, nonprofit. It's called a 403B. If you work for a for-profit company, it's called a 401K. If you work for the federal government, post office, etc., it's called a thrift savings plan. Okay, all of them are treated the same. It means you go to work, you make twenty thousand, or you you make fifty thousand a year. You put ten thousand in your retirement account. Today, you pay taxes only on forty thousand. But when you retire, where you retire, those dollars are taxed no matter where you live. Whatever your tax bracket is at the time, whatever deductions you may or may not have, that's how it works. A Roth 401k, or anytime you see the word Roth, if you make 50000 and you put 10000 into a Roth 401k, you still pay tax on all 50000 today. But you get the write-offs of whatever other write-offs you have today. You get ever deductions, you, the known, which means your tax bracket is known right now. So you say, okay, this is a known tax bracket. But when you retire, where you retire, those dollars and all the interest are never taxed again. That's called a Roth. So what's happening with the 401k limits for next year? Next year, savers will be able to sock away $22,500. 
If you're 50 or above, it goes up to $30,000. So husband-wife is 30-30. That's 60000 That's great. This is important because if you're under the age of 49, you're still at, you still get an increase, but it's the 22,500. So you get a $2,500 increase. I like that because it's your own money. I want you to put it away. You set it aside, but there's some limits when you have your employer, your contribution. If you have a small business, what's the most that you can put in if you're older than age 50? Well, this year, 67500 Next year, between your putting, you putting money in, the employer money, this money, all of that is 73500 Okay, that's kind of a, it's a big number, guys. 73500 if you have a small business for you. 73500 if you have a small business for you, you know, if, with your wife or your husband. It's a lot of money. Does it mean you can do it all? Maybe not. Right? Not everybody can, but it's nice to know that you can, that those numbers exist, okay? So just know there's some big changes coming. Those big changes that are coming are making a difference because it allows you to set aside money and not pay taxes until later or know what the numbers are, pay taxes under, under today's numbers because we know that there's going to be a tax increase coming in later. Okay, so that's just an update on, on changes coming in the next week. All right, here's my email for you from uh, from a client. I love this because I we are seeing more and more of this happening as you guys are retiring. You're getting close to retirement or you're at that window. There's like this golden opportunity for many of you that are in your, well, let's just say your 30s, right? You have six, seven, eight, nine years on the job. We used to see this with the police department and the fire department, right? You have six or seven years of training with a great agency, good training, good background, and then you leave. And you go to another agency. Now, if you're there for 12 or 13 or 15 years, very difficult. You might say, gosh, I know it's crummy, but I got to stay. I might as well. I've already done this much time. I got to stay with this company or this product, uh, the, the agency until I'm ready to retire. All right. So if that happens, you know, then you're kind of stuck for many of you. But here's a very important change. We're losing the strong, solid, educated, trained, good young men and women in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, and they're leaving. And they're going to other states. They're the ones that pay the taxes, by the way. They're the middle-class people that pay income tax, payroll tax, Social Security, uh, workers' comp. All of that is paid through that middle group there. So that's why this email is going to make a big difference to you. Here we go. Dear Air, if we move to California... In the early 1970s and thought this would be a place we would never leave. We raised our kids here and they now have their families here. All of us have decided to leave and move to Arizona. With the mismanagement of water, the war on gas companies, and all the taxes, we've made a decision to leave the place that we loved. The weird social and educational training given to teachers have forced racism on kids like I have never seen before. My question is, when we sell our house here, what options do we have with that money that we receive? It would be about $800,000. The house we want to buy is in the five hundred to $600,000 range. Should we pay cash for it? Do you think Arizona is going to raise taxes and do what California has done to the standard of living? I know you ask about income, so here's ours. 
Social Security is 3800 for both of us. My pension is 3400 and my husband's pension is 1100 So that total is $8,300 a month. We have more than enough money each month to live, at least for now, and we can even afford a house payment of around $1,800 a month. We would like to plan for long-term care and have extra income as inflation continues to rise. All right. Don and Linda have an interesting thing uh, that they're working on, and that is simple. And that is that they, well, first of all, they're blessed to, to be able to have all of their family be willing to move. I think that's, that's an amazing thing uh, that not everybody gets, right? Not everybody has that. We have a family spread out across the country, uh, and that is a challenge. It's a problem. It's the way it is sometimes, and you just have to deal with it. They, she's blessed to be able to not have to have that as a problem. So I like that. So anything else we can deal with, right? If it's just money, it's never a problem because money you can get back. So here's what I would recommend. If we look at a 30-year mortgage, now you might say, oh my gosh, these folks are in their late 60s. How are we going to have a 30-year mortgage? Well, we are going to have a 30-year mortgage because whether you think you're going to pay off the house or not, it doesn't matter if you can't pay the property taxes. right? Even if you have a home that's paid off, you can't take a piece of drywall to the grocery store. So those of you that are obsessed with paying off your house and not having enough money for income or cash flow or emergencies, I think it's ridiculous. Because even if your house is paid off, you have to get a loan. Well, what's the interest rates? Well, do you have good credit? Oh, what happens to your job? Do you have income? Because nobody's going to give you a loan. Even if it's a million-dollar house, nobody's going to give you a loan to take money out if your income is crummy. You have to have income to get a loan. Oh, no, Eric, if I know somebody, and that's right. It's called a hard money loan. They will pay 20, 30% or more I have seen when nobody else will give them a loan and they need the money and they will end up paying that to get their money out of their house. So if the option is have 200,000 in savings and a house payment you can afford or have no house payment and no money in savings, my recommendation is to always have a house payment with a payment you can afford and have money sitting in the bank off to the side. Very important you look at that. So what can a 30-year mortgage look like? And you can always pay extra if you feel like it. If, if you happen to have extra income or for whatever reason, you go back to work and you say, oh, I have extra money. You can always pay down the mortgage if you want. But $1,800 a month in mortgage is right around a $300,000 mortgage. You follow me? So borrow $300,000, your payment is right around $1,800 a month. So what would I do with the $800,000 in cash? Once they sell their house, they receive eight hundred. dollars I would put maybe $300,000 down. You'll get a great rate on the loan. You're still going to pay 5 5.5%, whatever it is at the time when you, when you purchase the house. But your payment is right around $1,800 a month. Well, here's the good news. If you put $300,000 down, that means you still have about $500,000 in cash. So what have I noticed? What has been my experience when people do that? Number one is, Eric, you don't understand the backyard. Mm, backyard. Yeah. I need a patio. I have to have a pond. Uh, I, I need a pool. Uh, where we're buying, it's hot. It's cold. We needed this. We needed that. Uh, we were only going to spend 40000 but man, you wouldn't believe the prices of things. It's now seventy-five. 
That's what happens, right? That's I'm not trying to make fun of y'all. That's just what happens, right? Especially when I, I have clients where they start going down, I deserve, you don't understand how hard I worked. We already moved to a crappy home before and I hated the decor and the layout and now it's my turn and now I want these kind of window coverings and this flooring and I want my bathroom to look like this so we're remodeling the bathroom. But wait a second, didn't you just move in? yes. You go, okay, well, that's fine, but you're remodeling a house. You just, well, because we have the money and I deserve it. So here's why I would do that. I would set aside money to make sure that you have the what ifs, the backyard, the kitchen, whatever it is that you want to remodel or change. Because one of you is going to be that kind of person. We need to add a garage era. If I need a place for my cars, my motorcycles, I need a shop. Everybody has those things. I get it. So I like the idea that you use 300000 of the 800 as a down payment because we can afford the 1800 a month. And by the way, in a 30-year mortgage, you realize it never goes up. It's 1800 And if you want to add an extra 500 or or 1000 a month to it, go for it. But if you can't afford it that month or you found something else like the holidays, Christmas, right, to spend the money on, well, very, very simple. Guess what you do? You just... Pay the minimum, 1800 But if your payment is always 2500 a month, you can never pay 1800 because they'll start foreclosure proceedings. I like it if the, if the guaranteed, if the payment you have to make is the lower one, then you can always add more to it if you want. I'm all right with that. But if the payment is higher, you can never have the option to pay less. So $1,800 mortgage, easy to do. 300000 of the, the 800 from the sale price that we use as a down payment. Okay, now we have about $500,000 left. I want 100000 just sitting aside in an emergency account, a do not touch, all heck broke loose, somebody's sick, injured, can't work, pension decides to stop paying, Social Security cuts benefits, whatever might happen in the future, may or may not happen. We have that build an arc kind of fund that hundred thousand dollars next the four hundred thousand i would take probably half of that and i would look at getting what's called a a life insurance policy but it's a hybrid policy so when you need a death benefit a pure death benefit you always just ready for this you always get a pure uh term policy that makes a big difference Because if you do that, it's the least expensive. That means you die, they pay. So you pay for the least amount of dollars, but it's term. It's based on a time. When you're young, when you're building a family, when you need life insurance, a lot of life insurance, you die, we have to replace an income, a big income. Term insurance is the answer. But if you're trying to use a hybrid plan, which means a cash value plan, because you want the long-term care benefits, or you want the tax-free income benefits, the tax-free growth benefits, then you have to use a cash value plan. Now, there's some really good ones and some really stinky ones. So I like the ones that are called indexed universal life, but I want them built properly. Because even if you choose the proper one with the right name on it, the agent can build it in a way in which there's so much more death benefit 
because the cost, the fees that you pay for a life insurance policy is based on the life insurance death benefit. You die, they pay this amount. The higher this amount is, the higher the cost. The lower this amount is, the lower the cost. So I want you to put in money. That's the 200000 I would take half, right, two hundred to 100000 each, put it into a plan. That would buy somewhere around 200 or 250 worth of life insurance. It would also buy 200 or 250 worth of long-term care benefit later on down the road, right? It also allows the, the money that's in the, the cash value, the savings portion, the, the, the cash value, to grow tax-deferred, to pull it out tax-free if you need it. So no matter what, we're in a position to where we have extra dollars. But that now leaves $200,000 left. That, I might spread that out, ladder it, some for a short-term account, some for a long-term account. In fact, we can probably, ready for this, we can probably take that $200,000 and over the next couple of years, four, five, six years, have that create enough cash flow to pay the house payment. That is pretty dang cool. So we can do that over the next few years so that you're not running out of money. You don't go backwards when it comes to standard of living. If there's a cut back on, on your pension or your husband's pension, because uh, look, we just saw one this week. It was a United Airlines uh, uh, flight attendant. And her pension was a certain amount, but the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, PBGC, that's the insurance company for pensions, but you realize it doesn't pay the whole thing. Her particular pension, I think, was, let's say, $4,500 a month. She gets right around $2,200 a month. And that's her pension. That's it. And the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation is an insurance company, which means there are rules. And it usually isn't lifetime payments. It's the entity, the, the city, county, state, or the, the company, they buy a policy. They say, we're going to give her half of her insurance, sorry, half of her uh, 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 pension for 10 years. That's what, so here's the payment company. This is what you buy. You will buy this many years worth of payment from her. So those 10 years, do, do you know how long it will last? I don't know. What if the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation isn't managed well, the, right? The fund, the dollars that are, oh, surprise, that's actually happening. So the guarantee that they're going to pay out, you have to look to see what, what applies to you. And what I'm referring to happens to be United Airlines, but there are plenty, plenty others. TWA, American Airlines, on and on. The airlines got hit quite a bit, but I can give you other companies, small manufacturing companies. And it all got came tumbling down for a lot of these companies way back when, and even now. When the stock market goes low, that is what pays these union pensions. So the reason I bring all this up is because you guys, Linda and Don, we can use some of that 200000 to buy us time to build it up. So when we say, and send us a monthly check, it can get pretty darn close, maybe even cover all of that $1,800 a month. So the 200 covers that, but in five or eight or 10 years from now, maybe right around the time when the pension has a problem, well, don't worry about it. We have a plan B. 
Follow me? So the, the idea is to always have kind of a backup plan to have some or all, whatever it's going to take, and never worry about running out of money, never worrying about, let's say, the dollars going backwards. Because in 10 years or so, that 200 should be close, man, between 400 and 500. That gives us right around $2,000 a month. There it is. Just did the math on the fly, so I'm pretty darn close. I like that. I like that because you guys are in a position to have many, many years worth of income. And I think that's important because you and your family needs to have, I, I guess what the right answer is, peace of mind. Right? I think you have to have peace of mind. If you don't, you guys need to have a plan B in case the the pension doesn't come through. All right, here's what also matters. The life insurance policy would be there to either pay off the mortgage, because when one of you passes away, we lose one of the Social Security checks. Right? Because right now we have 3800 So because your pension is higher than your husband's, I'm assuming you're going to have a higher of the two Social Security checks. So that means we're going to probably lose, based on my calculation, eh, probably 1500 a month. Right? That 1500 a month is a big deal. Because if we needed that money to come in to pay the mortgage payment, and now one of you passes away and we lose that part of Social Security check, the mortgage doesn't just disappear. But I can use some of the life insurance to either pay that off. I could use, if we have time, some of that leftover life uh, uh, home sale purchase price, right? I can use that to build up an account. And then we peel off money from that so that you never run out of money. Right? I love that. That's a great plan. Because then what happens for you and your family is this. You have a lifetime income stream. You have a plan B. And your kids never have to worry about you. Now, look, this is what makes a big difference, I think, for all of us. Christmas, our holiday season, right? I'm a believer, so Christmas matters to me. It's about empowering us to understand that you don't have any power, right? Christ died for us. He did it. We have salvation through grace. We have salvation through a very simple process in life, which is you have to accept. So it it, it takes some of the power, if you will, and puts it in our hands and says, do you believe? And when Christ died for us, he didn't say, oh, by the way, now that you're a believer, you're never going to have any financial problems. Oh, now that you're a believer, you're never going to have any emotional problems. Oh, oh, or health problems and on and on. Right? We know that, but we do know that ultimately his salvation and his grace is endless. And so is his forgiveness. So if you don't know Christ as your savior and it's something you want to do, I'm going to tell you, this is a big part of Christmas. It's the holidays. It's the reason we exist on this earth is to worship him, not to be perfect, not to make great decisions every day, but to make a mistake now and again is normal. It's called life. But I do want you to know that Christmas is about one thing, and it's about the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, not about Christmas trees, not about presents. It's about the opportunity to be forgiven, 
of our sins and to one day join him in in heaven. Thank you guys for being part of the show. Merry Christmas. I hope you have a blessed day and a week between now and New Year's with your friends and family and the ones you love. Thanks for being part of my show and thanks for an amazing year. It's been an honor serving you. We'll see you next year. Merry Christmas. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arab Halabi. Now every dollar's got a job to do. Arab makes your money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>